If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Tom Nash asks if there is any kind of end goal for the Star Wars franchise, or is it just scattered storytelling? I don't think there has to be an end goal for Star Wars, nor do I think there is one, <laughs> or, or ever will be one, really. It will never end. Hopefully. <laughs> We're going to be doing this in our 80s. Hopefully. <laughs> Completely senile, <laughs> uh, sitting in our diapers. Still talking about Star Wars. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I think that they're just going to keep on exploring new eras, I hope. I mean, the way that they've done it with the High Republic so far, uh, I've really, really enjoyed that. So I would love it if they just keep on developing these little pockets uh, around the universe. Yeah, I mean, I think Star Wars is just going to naturally change a little bit for every generation of, of fan that there's going to be. Um, but otherwise, you know, they, they can just go on forever. Yeah. And I'm sure it's popularity will like wax and wane. It'll come and go, uh, just like it already has. I mean, it, it kind of took a dip for a while in the nineties when it was basically just books and comics coming out and that was keeping everything alive. And then the prequels came up and like big old spike in popularity. And then it kind of went back down to books and comics and then the clone wars comes on and then. Uh, the the new movies are coming out, so I, I think we can still expect those cycles, and we'll probably see different media kind of taking the forefront here or there. And I'm talking in, like, decades of time here, mm-hmm. uh, not in the immediate future so much. But, yeah, I, I don't really think that there needs to be an end goal that they're reaching. Like you said, it's generational, so I think it will change generationally for a long time. Yeah, and with the popularity of streaming services now and Disney Plus coming out with all these different television shows, those dips are going to be less and less common because now they can just crank out TV shows in between, you know, when we're all patiently or not so patiently waiting for movies to come out. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm waiting for a movie here. Like it's it's been fun with the TV uh side of things. It's been really fun, but I have missed going to the theater to see those little blue words come up on screen. Brandon Velasquez wants to know who takes Star Wars more seriously, Disney or George Lucas? I think everyone's probably going to have a different uh, definition of what taking it seriously means. Um, but I'm going to go at it from like a, a lore perspective because, you know, that's kind of where my head usually goes first. And uh, I think Disney 
uh, I think Lucasfilm under Disney or just Lucasfilm, whatever you want to call that. Uh, I don't really think George Lucas cared so much about the lore, like at all. I think he more cared about uh, just telling the stories he felt were important. I think he really wanted to push technology and filmmaking. Like, I think he is a storyteller and filmmaker, first and foremost. Uh, I don't really think he's a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> he's, like, well, he's the Star Wars well, yeah. nerd, I guess, because he created this whole thing. But, like, <laughs> you know, not in the sense that uh, we read all the books. Like, he didn't care about Legends. As much as some people want to say that, like, that was George Lucas's Star Wars, it was not. Uh, he was happy to let people play in that playground. He just wanted to make Darth Talon. <laughs> he does like Darth Talon a lot, <laughs> that which I find is hysterical. I mean, how can you not? Well, and like that's honestly that's a good uh, example of like he walked into Lucasfilm one day and saw Darth Talon and Darth Maul, and he put the statues together and said they're friends because <laughs> they look alike. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like they're from completely different eras, and so. He he did really like talent. He did come across things from Legends that he thought were cool and would pull them into the Clone Wars and stuff like that. But he also contradicted himself <laughs> and mm-hmm. like raised questions in the prequels that everyone was like, wait, what? How does that work? So I don't really think that he scrutinized his own lore all that much. I think he was just trying to tell fun stories uh, that was his goal. And to, like I said, and like uh, it's on my mind because of the Light and Magic documentary, but, you know, he just wanted to push things forward and improve movie making as well. Whereas Disney or Lucasfilm now or whatever, I think they have been very conscious of the lore and trying to make it so that books, comics, video games are all in this universe. And no, it's not perfect, but I think they have made a much bigger effort uh, than George Lucas did back in the day. Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to say the same thing. Disney takes it more seriously. And if you watched any behind-the-scenes stuff with George Lucas talking or the, the more recent ILM special that came out, he says stuff the, about his writing and how he like doesn't like writing. He's not a good writer. Uh, but... Yeah, I think I think he loves the universe. Doesn't take it that seriously though. Like yes. if he wanted to change something up, he was gonna do it just on a whim. And like you said, I think Disney cares a little bit more about keeping everything inside the lines. I think that's a good way to put it. He loves it, but he doesn't take it that seriously. I, I think that's well said. Uh, and also, we keep saying Disney, and I should say I don't think Disney. Uh, cares at all about the lore. Like, they're the the overlords <laughs> that are just funding it. I I should say it's Lucasfilm, I think. Yeah. The, they're the ones in the trenches really trying to uh, fit everything together. Disney couldn't care less, I don't think, as long as they're printing money. Brandon Medley asks, if the Niles attack on the Republic ruins the lines about 1,000 years of peace in the prequels. I think there's a little bit of justification going on that uh, this isn't a galactic war the same way that the Galactic Civil War was or the Clone Wars. It's just like this one little faction fighting against the Republic, but it's also in the Outer Rim on the frontier. 
It's like planets they're trying to bring into the Republic, um, but not necessarily the Republic itself, definitely not on Coruscant. Um, but I also think that we've seen some stuff so far about like Dalna and the Jedi have done something. We don't know what. And then they kind of swept that under the rug. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the whole like, oh, a thousand years of peace is the Republic. I don't know, making propaganda and saying like, yeah, there has been peace for 1000 years. Yeah. Uh, what's, what is it in Avatar? There is no war in Bossing Say. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> yeah. one of those things. There's no war in Bossing Say. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it kind of sucks for the Nile because I'm sure they're proud of of shaking things up. Uh, but <laughs> it sucks for those terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think a lot of it is just at that time, then being like, oh yeah, the Sith have been not a problem for this many years. Don't worry about anything else that may or may not have happened. Yeah. I think there are justifications for that line to still work, but I will be interested to see if they go that direction just because it it is starting to look like, you know, the golden age of the Jedi and the Republic aren't as golden as we thought and that they're they're presenting it that way as best they can despite some bad things that have happened. Rainman MP wants to know what would be worse, Yoda talking normal, R2 speaking basic, or Grogu speaking basic? Uh I think I'm going to go with R2 speaking basic. I mean like Yoda speaking normal uh would definitely be weird, but everyone knows that R2 is just swearing constantly. So <laughs> <laughs> to actually hear what he has to say would probably be horrifying. I would love to hear what he says. It depends on who we're talking about this would be worse on. If there's any small children around, then yeah, that would suck for them because R2 is going to say what he wants. Uh, My first instinct was to say Grogu speaking basic. Well, he's going to speak basic when he speaks. Yeah, eventually. So I think it's more speaking at all. Eventually, we will hear Grogu saying some actual words. Um, Are you dreading that day? Kind of. I just like the cute little sounds he makes. I don't know. You don't want him to grow up? Uh, no, I don't. He's 50. It's time. <laughs> you got you to gotta let him grow up at some point, Molly. <laughs> I do think it would be funny if we ever heard Yoda speaking normally, not in his, you know, Yoda speak. Uh, just, just curious if he's like, all right, I'm done with this shtick now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's been long enough. Yeah, I've been holding on to that for too long. Uh, I, I also think that... In universe, if something were to happen, if R2 installed a chip that let him speak basic, I would probably not like that as a fan. I don't think they would ever do that, but I would would just be like, like, nah. It would be like Chewie speaking basic all of a sudden. Yeah, it would would just be weird (laughs) and unnecessary. Speaking of Yoda, we've had someone in our Patreon, Leftist Hominid, who has been trying to get me to read a question and my best Yoda impression using Yoda syntax and everything. And uh, I liked this question they submitted. So here we go. You're going to get your wish. Leftist Hominid asks, mm, if, survive in ma- <laughs> oh. <laughs> if survive in masks, Sith like Exim Panshard could, truly gone, could the Sith ever be? Train new Sith these masks could? Mm? Mm-hmm. 
How's that? It's great. That didn't feel bad. I, <laughs> I'm not going to make it a habit, were but you, I felt like it went better than I thought it would. Were you practicing that in the shower? Nope. <laughs> I was dreading it. <laughs> um, but good question. Like, yeah, with Shadow of the Sith, uh, we revisited the mask of Exim Panchard. We know about Momin and his helmet and that the Sith can kind of infest objects. Their souls can cling to life and helmets, which infest. can then... That's a good word for uh, it. Th- then those helmets can possess people. So is it truly possible for the Sith to ever be wiped out? And like in Eggs and Panchard's case, or Momins, like, could they possess someone and then continue on training another Sith? In theory, I think so. I think so. I just, I don't think their prerogative would be to train someone else. Yes. They would, I mean, if we're talking about the, the eggs and Panchard mask from Shadow of the Sith, he just wanted to possess somebody else and have them do his bidding. That's exactly what I was going to say. So well put. Like, I don't think <laughs> uh, Momin or Panchard are looking to continue on the Sith legacy right now. <laughs> Their priority is regaining life. Like, that's the moment in the Darth Vader comics manipulates Vader so that he can basically resurrect himself. It's short-lived, but that's what he does. Uh, Panchard, I think, is trying to reach Exegol again um, so he can regain some form of actual life. Once they do that, then maybe they would want to train someone else, but I think they'd more just be about domination. I, I just... I don't see the Sith after... Uh, the Skywalker saga really gaining a big foothold in the galaxy ever again. That's kind of my hope anyway. Mm. I think they'll, I mean, they're kind of always going to be around in some form or fashion as long as the Jedi are, I think. But I think that's more me thinking of just the dark side in general because you can't have the light side without the dark side. Yeah, the dark, dark side's going nowhere. The Sith, I feel like we've explored them enough within the Skywalker saga and that scene on Exegol where Rey just like destroys that temple and the throne and everything that's symbolic to me of the Sith being done of course I thought the same was true when Palpatine was thrown down that pit so they can always come back um they came back in legends often (laughs) I guess that's just something that I'm like okay there are other dark side users out there there are other light side users out there we can explore other things. So I'm happy to have, like, go back to the Old Republic and, like, yeah, do a big Jedi versus Sith, like, hundreds on each side fighting mm-hmm. it out. That sounds awesome. Um, I'm more talking about in the future. But with things like Eggs and Panchard or Moman's Helmet, yeah, the, the shadow of the Sith mm-hmm. <laughs> is always present and is always... A threat there's something that they could find uh that could reintroduce the sith to the galaxy it would be really cool since we're getting the high republic right now the jedi at their height let's see the sith at their height mm. like at their big high points in history what's the opposite of the low republic <laughs> <laughs> the low republic yeah but um, yeah i think that's a really interesting thing to look at i mean the hundred year darkness would be fun to explore in canon uh, the old Jedi Sith Wars, any of that stuff, I think would be awesome. No, I don't think you understand. 
I'm obsessed. On to YouTube questions, Matthew Kelly asks, what five things we would want to see in a possible season two of The Book of Boba Fett? So I think we can just bounce back and forth. Uh, mine would be to get off Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see a little bit more detailed backstory for Finnick Shand. Mm, yeah, more Finnick is a, is a big one. Just more Finnick in general, but I would love to see a little bit more of her of her backstory. Yeah, let's put her in the back to tank and <laughs> we'll get flashbacks about her. Yeah. Uh, I would want to pull in more bounty hunters. Uh, I loved Black Kersantan in that. Um, but, you know, Boba Fett has a lot of rivalries. We, also, we already did the Cad Bane stuff, which, you know, he may or may not be dead or alive or whatever. But he has a history with Bosk as well. Mm-hmm. Imbo would be cool in live action. Really just continuing uh, to confront Boba Fett with his past through all these fun characters we already know. I think it would be cool to see Boba Fett do something with Jabba's palace. I think we we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think it would be cool if he just like gave it to the Tuscans. Mm, yeah. Uh, because it's like... I thought you meant like hire an interior decorator or something. <laughs> throw, throw a big party. That's all I want to see. Um, but yeah, I think that would be cool if he gave it to the Tuscan Raiders and was like, "Here, your your people can use this better than I can." Yeah. So, because he doesn't really strike me as someone who just wants to sit on a throne, you know, he kind of gave that up. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I think that he kind of stabilized Tatooine a little bit. And like I said, I want to see him get off Tatooine. So I guess my final uh, number five would be to see him get a little more involved in like the larger story that's going on because he is part of the Mandoverse. Uh, the, you know, the Outer Rim is in trouble, not just Tatooine. So he can kind of go to another planet or maybe now that he has a home base, he can start to stabilize that whole sector of space. Ooh, maybe they could go to Kashyyyk. Maybe Black Kersantan needs to do something there. Oh, I don't know that they'd welcome him back with open arms. No? Uh, based off the comics, no. He was uh, <laughs> he was basically, like, kicked off. Okay, well, I just want to see more Wookiees. But, like Boba Fett confronted his past, uh, Kersantan could do the same. Mm-hmm. He could try to amend <laughs> some, some relationships from the past, some people he wronged. Yeah. Jedi Spartan 38 wants to know our opinion on Jedi using red lightsabers in Legends. So, yeah, I do think that's a little bit different in Legends and Canon. In Legends, it doesn't really bug me at all. I mean, it, it wouldn't bug me in Canon either, but back in Legends, before bleeding kyber crystals was a thing, they were just synthetic lightsaber crystals, or they were a, a different type of crystal. Like in Knights of the Old Republic, it wasn't just kyber crystals you could put in your lightsaber. A lot of things could be used. So back then it was just kind of a a thing that Sith did mostly, but a Jedi would be able to use one no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seemed a little more cosmetic. Now the red lightsaber is like the Jedi or the Sith have actively hurt a kyber crystal. They've bled it. They've caused it pain. So it's red. Uh, a Jedi using a red lightsaber, um, which we've seen happen. Obi-Wan has used Ventresses, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wonder if it just felt wrong. Yeah. I wonder if it, like, malfunctioned every once in a while. <laughs> like, they just didn't get along too <laughs> yeah. well. 
and sometimes the lightsaber would just shut off or like decide not to work yeah like they talk about the jedi kind of forming a bond with their crystal kanan mentions it uh when he's training sabine so i i feel like it would be difficult for a jedi to make any kind of bond with a bled lightsaber crystal Mm -hmm. um probably possible and I obviously Obi-Wan had no problem doing it in the Clone Wars for the short time he used Ventresses, but uh, it's probably something that he wouldn't want to do long term. He would probably heal it like as soon as he could. It would get frustrating, I feel like, for a Jedi if they did want to keep it and use it as a red lightsaber. Like they'd have to explain to everyone who saw it, like, oh, it's not what it looks like. You know, it just it's it's. It's I'm good. It's just that's all I have is the red one. Sorry. Well, that's I think in Legends there were some examples of Jedi who used red lightsabers mm-hmm. just like because they chose to and it wasn't some big scary thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like I think Adi Galea's lightsaber was red in Jedi Power Battles back before they had defined whose lightsaber would be what color. Mm-hmm. Uh just if it goes with your outfit better, you exactly. know, just make it work. Yeah. Make it work. Jedi need lightsabers like those pins that you could get back in the day where you choose what color you want to ride in. Mm-hmm. Like, just like choose that. the color that you're feeling that day. I still think that that's how a Rey's yellow lightsaber might work, but I don't know. That's just <laughs> because of the, how the switch uh-huh. works and the little color-changing doohickey at the bottom. That would be cool. Jesper Levels asks if any of the other senators from the deleted Delegation of 2000 scenes in Revenge of the Sith could be in Andor. Yeah, I think so. And that's something that I hadn't really considered. I mean, I was so caught up in the fact that Genevieve O'Reilly is getting to play the character again. I just love that story for her. (laughs) I love that journey for her. We love that for her. That Genevieve O'Reilly was going to be Mon Mothma in Revenge of the Sith, and then the scene got deleted. And then she got called back for Rogue One. And I'm like, that's so cool. And now she's going to be co-starring, like co-leading a series all about Mon Mothma. Like, that's so fun. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they are keeping her as the actor, and I'm sure Bail Organa is going to be in this series too. So why not? some of those other people, some of those other characters that were in that scene. What a cool thing for some of those actors to be like, ah, you know what? I would love to just one day reprise my role. I just really loved that role and it was really cool. And maybe they never fully recovered having that that scene deleted out of the movie. And so having their big comeback would be would be great. Yeah. Again, it would just be the same thing all over again. Be like, oh, you were almost in Star Wars. You kind of were. Like, the deleted scenes are out there. You can watch them. But to be, like, in a Star Wars production in a major way, I think would be really cool. Now, I don't know if they would recast any of those people or not. Uh, but they they definitely could bring those characters in or just say that, like, they were part of the delegation of 2000 and kind of get into that story a little more. Even cooler would be like if Mon Mothma had lines with them in Andor referring to like their time back then. Yeah. That would be dope. I'd love that. Remember that time we all met in that office? (laughs) (laughs) Laika wants to know if we should get a Palpatine show to explore the story of Plagueis. I'm like kind of mixed on this. I would prefer we go more the Darth Plagueis route. Really love that book. And it is very much a Darth Sidious book as well. Um, I don't know. Like, 
Star Wars Underworld, when they were going to make that the first live action Star Wars show years and years ago, uh, it sounds like Lucas really wanted to explore Palpatine's origins. So I do think that they have a lot of stuff written down probably that has like George Lucas's fingerprints on it. So I think there's probably um, a path that we could go down. Yeah, I I don't think we need a Palpatine-centric show because we've already seen so much of him. And then, I, I don't know, like seeing seeing him kind of training, I guess, would be cool. And then his fall to the dark side. But if we're just trying to get more information about Plagueis, I say go back before Palpatine. Like go way back when when Plagueis is first training. I think that's kind of more the direction they would want to go. Maybe. It's like Palpatine is a, a very popular character. So I, I do think the show would do well. I'm kind of with you where I'm like, you know, like I said, I, I want them to keep expanding things instead of revisiting the same people. But the story of uh, the, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise is very compelling. And I guess I'm like, would they just adapt the book? I don't know. that I, I would probably be sad if they just straight up changed it. Mm-hmm. I would accept it, but it would bum me out. So part of me is like, do we just let that book be? Yeah. <laughs> and like, we talk about this all the time, but the the main theme of Star Wars is hope. And if you're telling a story about Palpatine, we know where that goes. Not very, not super hopeful. That is true. It would It would be interesting to see them inject some hope into that story where it's very much about, it, the book is about him you know, taking over the galaxy or at least setting things up so that he can. (laughs) So I'm sure there's a way they could do it, but it would be tough. It would be cool to get an inside look on on how he planned things. Did he have like a little planner, Mm -hmm. a calendar and stuff where he's like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Just a whiteboard that he's like checking things off on his to-do list. Yeah. (laughs) I want to see how he created Order 66. Is there actually... Show like me a, his color-coded binders. A Google Doc <laughs> with all the names of the Jedi order, like named Order 66 that he's got like hidden away somewhere. He's basically evil Leslie Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a binder for everything. Uh-huh. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.